Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing, productive week possible. Welcome to Conversations with Toy. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, I trust that this has not been a mistake. It is ordained for you to be here today so we can talk, chat, and gather all the information that we need to make our lives just a little bit more productive. With that being said, Thank you for joining in. I hope that you find this space safe, you know, informative. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but nonetheless, we are here together and we have quite a few topics to talk about today. I am so super excited that January is over. Listen, I don't know if it was just me, but January seemed like the longest month ever. And I truly mean that. It felt like every time you turned around, there was just so much to do. Um, The days never, it just was like the longest month. I have no idea how January just took over just to become like a three-month session in one month. But we are done. January is here. It's out of here. Thank the Lord. And February is now upon us. Now with February, we know that that would mean that we are going to be celebrating Black History Month. There's Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, self-love, all the things, and it could be a little overwhelming. Now, mind you, February is the shortest month of the year. However, however, it also just seems that there's a lot to do. So my personal calendar, or I should say my blogging calendar, because if you don't know, I'm also a blogger and content creator of Toy Time, T-O-I-T-I-M-E. And my calendar is almost to full capacity at this point. I am at this point having to move around a lot of things just to try to accommodate different businesses that have requested for me to be you know, at their events. And I'm getting to the point where I have I'm almost at full capacity. Now, some of the things as a content creator that I have done that has been tremendously helpful in the last few months is adding no adding media day shutout dates. So blackout dates, I should say. And on those media blackout dates, unless it's something that is like huge and, you know, something that is overwhelmingly huge, I'm not taking out my blackout dates. And that allows me to have downtime. That allows me to have some rest. That's allowing me to have family time in addition to all the things So it's important to me to do that. Now, this is the first time I would say these last couple months have been the first set of times that I have ever done that because before I would be like, well, let me see if I can fit you in. Let me see if I can accommodate. And it's overwhelming. You know, when you, when I go to these events, you have to attend the event and they're fun. Like I have no issues whatsoever. So you attend these events, they're fun. You know, it's the getting there, it's the getting dressed, it's the hair and makeup, it's the, it's a whole production, right? Then you get home and you have to write up the review. It's, it's quite a lot. And because it's a lot, I had to put no blockout dates in. Um, I just had to get to the point where I had to find balance. And I know that's hard. 
Because in a busy life, what is balance? No matter how much you try to keep things in place, like some things just feel like they're out of place, they're out of whack, or they're not where they need to be. So the struggle of, you know, finding some sort of balance is quite hard. And I've just decided that I'm going to do the very best that I can with what I have and put those things in place. Now this particular month, my blockout dates are surrounding my husband's birthday and my youngest daughter's birthday. So that's super easy. Um, and I'm telling you, I've had some amazing opportunities that came around their days, but I've just been like, nope, not big enough for me to pull it. Not big enough to pull it. Now, of course, I would never pull anything on the actual day. But I wanted to also block that weekend off, especially for like my daughter. You know, she is a kid, so she doesn't understand. In her mind, her birthday is all weekend long in her mind. And that's just how it is. So... I'm just making sure to just be very particular about my time, how I move, and all the things. So now that January is over, how have you been keeping up with your wellness goals? I say that because we know how January comes in. Everybody has these resolutions or they have their their goals that they're attaining. We've had different podcasts this month or last month, I should say, that we talked about, you know, how to be intentional with your goal setting. And some people I've been talking to have been super successful. A few people have fallen off. A few people felt like they just didn't get started. They felt like this year came in and it was just like, you know, started off rocky. And so no matter where you are, remember, you don't need to wait for the next January to reset. You don't need to wait for next another week to reset. You can reset almost simultaneously. And how do you do that? If you went through the full day and you said, okay, I was supposed to work out today and I didn't, you could start working out right then. You could, you could do that. You could start working out. You can do that while you're watching your TV. Listen, I know you're watching TV. Everybody has a little bit of a TV time, right? And so there have been plenty of times where I've done sat there and just did my steps, you know, rigorously while I was watching a show. It actually helps you because when you're working out and you're watching your show, you don't realize the time is going by. So yeah, you could reset right then and decide, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out. I'm going to do the things that need to be done. And you could, and I, I actually encourage you to do that because it won't allow you to have this length of time where you're trying to figure out what you could be doing. You could just step right into it, right? So I definitely agree with that. You can definitely start that. No problems at all. The second thing that you could do is, let's say you've let a whole day go past, now you're at the, you know, at night, you're not really ready to do steps. Why don't you just get up off the couch, make yourself, get your breakfast together, get your lunch together for the next day, put your clothes out, like reset your whole mindset. Because sometimes I feel like we don't prepare enough for these goals. If you're trying to work out the next day, you did you set your clothes out, right? Set your clothes out, get your sneakers ready. Um, set your alarm to get up, go to bed. Like this, listen, that go to bed thing, going to get some rest, going to get some sleep to rejuvenate is super duper important. I think we forget that sleep is essential and we know that we need sleep because we don't want to feel tired, but especially if you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to be back on your fitness, you need to incorporate sleep and rest. I've been doing when I don't have, um, media days to try to go to bed like nine o'clock. So my oldest goes to bed. I try to go right up after her. Sometimes I'm successful. Sometimes I sleep on the couch. Nonetheless, you know, trying to be intentional to do that because that rest is important. That sleep is important. You know, there's plenty of times like I go to bed and I'm like, oh, I should have edited that video or I could have done that blog or I could have done whatever. But sometimes just going to sleep is helpful. It's beneficial. It helps me to get my mind together and things. And Sleep is important. So if you're not getting enough sleep, which a lot of us are not, 
try to get some rest. You can't start off working about a morning routine when you haven't got enough sleep. If you've gone to sleep at one o'clock in the morning and you now need to get up to start a morning routine, you're going to be grouchy and grumpy because now you're up at six o'clock in the morning with less than five hours of sleep. You're struggling, you're mean, you're yelling at your kids, you're frustrated, they just woke up. You know, all these things happen and you really just set off a, a firestorm in your day. And sometimes when you wake up like that and then you're hollering, you're, 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 you're mad. Maybe you don't have kids or family. You're just up by yourself and now you're just frustrated with yourself. Listen, you've got to eliminate some of that frustration by doing some things a little different. Cause aren't you like when I used to be in that type of tailspin, I used to feel so frustrated with myself because I hated it. I hate the way I felt. I hate the way that it made me, you know, not feel like I was doing the right thing. I did not like that at all. So I need us to get on somebody's do better and find a way to take care of ourselves. Don't let the days go by and say, you know, I wish I could have done it. I wish I could have done it. Like just take a deep breath, forgive yourself for not doing it because you can't allow that guilt to sit on you so strong that you just, you now you can't recover. Now you can't get through. Now you can't get out. I want you to get out of that. I want you to get through it. I want you to just get past that. I need you to do whatever it is that you need to do to be better. And I want that for you. I really do. With that being said, I do want to go into a topic that could be a trigger warning. So if you've never listened to this podcast before, if there's ever something that I feel could be a possible trigger warning, I try my very, 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 very best to give one because again, people should be alerted and and alarmed if something that we're talking about could cause harm or could cause high emotions or whatever the case may be. In this particular episode, we are going to talk about Tyree Nichols. We're not going to talk about him the entire episode, but we will give some conversation to who is Tyree Nichols. Um, It's a shame that we're even having to talk about Tyree. Tyree, unfortunately, is in a long-standing lineup of amazing African-American women and men who have lost their lives um, just due to police interaction, right? You know, being stopped by the police, being pulled over by the police. And for whatever reason, whether they died in jail, like Sandra Bland, like whatever the case may be, we are dealing with these repercussions of foolishness at the hands of people who should be protecting us. You know, I am not against all cops. I know some people are like, well, we should be against all cops. I'm not personally against all cops. Um, I don't really subscribe to good apples versus bad apples. I think that in life, no matter what field you are in, in in regular life, there are good people and there are bad people in every last profession. And so I don't want to attribute this to a cop thing. I do think that in all overall though, cops do need to reform because there has always been an understanding that with police that they can move the way that they want. They're considered the biggest gang in America. If you if you listen to a lot of people, they'll tell you that they are the biggest gang in America. And I see that because they have the ability to hide behind their badge and do what they want to do and put things underneath the rug, falsify information. I mean, it's almost like an open book of, you know, do whatever you would like. But again, I won't say there's good cops versus bad cops. I just think they're bad people, period. And with those bad people come bad situations. And I am so utterly disgusted by these stories that we have to keep talking about. They have to keep coming up. We have to keep rehashing. We have to keep talking about because it never ends. And this particular story with Tyree Nichols, it infuriates me even further that we had five black police officers beat this black young man 
right? Tyree Nichols was beat, killed for no absolute reason. I, I, I just cannot wait to see what the defense is going to be. How they're going to paint the picture of him being so out of control that they had to subdue him. You don't need to beat the actual crap out of someone, right? So what is it now? Instead of shooting people because we know we probably shouldn't shoot somebody. So now we're going to beat them and say, oh, well, they were resisting the entire time. They did this. They did that. And then there was the one white cop that was there who just got fired. All five of the other black cops got fired as well and got fired pretty expeditiously, you know, really quick. And again so everybody was just saying well you know when you're in behind the badge you know in boys in blue girls in blue you know you had this sense of protection well they particularly did not wait in haste not one they didn't wait not a lift of time before they fired all five black officers now it took a little minute on their feet to fire the white one and i'm so glad that they fired two of the emt when the emt got there for 20 something minutes they sat there and didn't even render aid this man has been beat so badly, according to his mother, that he was almost unrecognizable. Swollen body parts. I personally have not watched a video, and I would actually caution you that unless you have to, like unless you truly have to, don't do that to yourself. And whatever you do, don't let your children watch that video. Now, I am going to step on a couple of toes where people are going to be like, she's selling out. She's for this. I'm not. But I am not going to allow my children to watch a video that gruesome just to make the point of this is wrong for police to beat them because they're black. Like, I don't have to, to I don't need to scare my kids into the truth. They, I don't need to do that. So I'm not going to let my children see this video. I have gone through their phones to try to look at their settings and things like that. And I had we had conversations with our children because we the worst thing you want to do, especially with kids in school, is to get in school and somebody brings it up. You know, I don't know if the teacher is going to bring it up in a history class. I wasn't aware or sure if the if a student was going to bring it up because Tyree Nichols has been in the news so heavily. So as my husband and I, we do our best to try to explain certain things to our children because we don't want them to go out and just find it and then, you know, discover it outside of us. Right. We know that certain things they will, but as much as we can, it's our job to teach them. But I don't need to show them the video in order to scare them. They're young. I can't, adults are not handling this well. I'm watching adults' reaction to the video, and they're in borderline breaking down, right? And this is not, unfortunately, the first time that cops have ever beat black men or women. It's not. I think the problem is, is that we need to have black men black women. They need to be able to go home from a traffic violation or whatever they've done and get their ticket and go have their day in court. Their day of reckoning should never be on the street. Their day of reckoning should never be in a jail cell because we have an overzealous police officer or police officers who would rather see a person die than to just allow the courts to handle the situation. My heart goes out to Tyree Nichols' mother and his stepfather because, my God, my God, their son was beautiful. Tyree Nichols was a beautiful young man and some of the quotes that I've been seeing about him just it just uplifts him even more but sadly we're in America and even during Black History Month there's going to be unfortunately more stories that are going to come out you know we think about Emmett Till just from being accused of looking at a white woman that Years later, we find out that didn't happen and the woman was never arrested and she's living her life to this day untouched. 
But even him as a young man was beat, killed, and horrifically. And, and these things are still happening. And this is 2023. 2023, we are still dealing with this modern day lynching. And people are like, oh my God, don't call it that. That seems so extra. It's not extra until it happens to you. It's not extra until it happens to people that you love. But it doesn't need to happen to people I love. I see it every single day when you see these stories. You can't deny hearing these stories, seeing the bodies. I, listen, this stuff is not a play. This is not a game. This didn't just happen. This has been happening. Just now we have cameras that can that can capture. And the sad part is even sometimes with cameras, we still don't get justice. Breonna Taylor sleeping in her home. She shouldn't have been killed. She shouldn't have been uh, executed the way that she was to serve a warrant that was false. Like it's a lot of things that are going on behind these closed doors and these police departments that should not be. There needs to be an upheaval of reform in the police departments about what they can and cannot do and take some of this power. Some of these police officers, just like people have power trips. And when you're dealing with a person that's having a power trip, they will show you better than they can tell you. And so you find that they want to make sure that you they stick it to you as hard as they can. I am just utterly disgusted as a mother of children. I, I fear for them. I pray for them. I Listen, I've actually been taking the time to pray for their future. I just been like, Lord, you know, I know I'm not going to be here. You know, I'm not going to be here forever. But God, protect them during this season of their life and protect them during this season of their life when they do this and they do that. I've been praying for their future. I've been praying for their future quite often lately. And I'm like, God, why are you having me pray for this so hard? Like, why? I don't know why and I don't care. I'm going to continue to pray for them. I'm going to continue to pray for protection again for them, that they can be safe, that they would be unharmed, that they would be blessed everything that they do. And it's like every parent wants that for their child. Every parent wants to see their child grow. We should not be burying our children. And I pray every day for parents who have had to do that for any circumstances. How can we support Tyree Nichols family? One we could do is limit our is issues with arguing with people online. Listen, I get it. I am a great arguer. I will argue down about anything. We can argue about Lucky Charms, cereal, anything. I'm going to argue about it, right? I love to debate. But let's spend less time debating people who we don't even know, we don't even see, who won't give a rat's ass about half the stuff that we're saying. Stop arguing with these people. You are not going to put a needle in the thread to make them feel like all of a sudden you've made them see the error of their ways. Some of these people are just downright racist. Some of these people are just downright hatred. Some people just have evil in their heart and intentions. So you trying to preach it to them, teach it to them, give it to them, slice it up in a piece of pie and serve it to them isn't going to make them stop what they're doing. Say what you got to say mean what you say and then keep it pushing stop arguing with folks online especially online now if you want to have debates with human people in, in real life and that's what you choose to do do you but arguing with people online isn't going to solve anything they have a verified gofundme make sure that you support that verified gofundme whatever the family is asking when they put it out there that they need it let's get it behind them let's rally behind reform we can help with that. Well, let's do that. If we're going to protest, let's make these protests as peaceful as possible. Now, I know some people are so mad when you say peaceful protest because they say, and I believe the same thing, enough is enough. We've been picketing. We've been talking. We've been, you know, out here on these streets. We've been saying how we feel and nothing is changing. We got to keep using our voice. We got to keep talking about it. We got to keep pushing. Nothing is going to happen without a little bit of resistance. So we just got to keep putting it out there. Um, 
again, share the beautiful stories of Tyree Nichols. Put his beautiful picture up. I put a post on my Toy Time Facebook page and I was just saying things like taking care of our mental health, supporting the family, things that we can do for ourselves as well as support the family that we should be trying to put into place. And I used this beautiful picture of him instead of the pictures of him and his and his injuries. Like, why in the world are we posting that for shock value? I don't listen, don't do it. Because you know what's crazy? There'll be people who would see those videos and pictures and say, well, there had to be something he had to do. And so therefore we come back to the point of stop arguing with people online. I, I don't do it. I used to do it. Oh my God. I used to do it so bad. So when I first came online, somebody would say something. I felt the need to say and argue. I had to even change my settings on my Facebook because I even have some of my friends, they will argue about the dumbest of things. And I just be sitting there like, I don't got that type of energy. You go ahead and do that. So I hate it when I would comment on some like, let's say there would be like a public page. It could be like pop sugar, right? Pop sugar's page may have a story about whatever I comment on there. And it's like one of your friends saw that you comment on there and then they come on there and they want to say something else underneath your thing. Like go do that on your time. Right. But I get how the internet works. If you put it out there, people are going to post. I, that doesn't bother me too much, but I don't have that type of energy. What are y'all doing that you got this much time and energy to be arguing with people on the internet? Cause the way my time is set up, I don't always have that time to be sitting here trying to debate people on the internet and try to get them to persuade them that life is good or things are right. Or this is cool. Like I, I don't. So I need you to use your energy a little bit better. Support the Tyree Nichols family, support their verified GoFundMe. And again, I can't stress enough, their verified GoFundMe page, which I'm glad that we have things like that to make sure that things are legit. So support that, support police reform in your city or your, or your town. Make sure that you're doing that or your state. Whatever you can get on, make sure that you use your voice. That is certain ways that you can help. It may not put a, 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 a push the needle over for the world, but it can stop things from happening in your city or your county or your state. Find out how your state representatives are handling situations such as those things. There are smaller as incidents of police brutality where you may have a situation where there's a police officer overstepping their boundaries. Support those initiatives, right? In your town, in your state, support those things. Tyree Nichols deserves to be here. I saw that he loves to skateboard and things and his poetry, his words. We need to support those things. So to the family of Tyree Nichols, my heart goes out to you. You may not ever even hear this episode and that's completely fine. As much as you have on your plate, God knows that you probably don't have the time. But for those who of us that are here that remain, we need to do our part to protect ourselves and to do the things that we can to love one another, you know, at all times, because half the stuff comes from a place of, you know, hate. And hate has no place in this world because it doesn't just take down one person, doesn't take down just a group of people. It takes down everybody. And as much as I talk about these things that are hurtful, the things that are trigger warnings, the things that are just crazy, I also want to talk about joy. And the reason why I want to flip back over to joy is because sometimes we don't do enough to make sure that we have joy in our life. And listen, joy is is absent of money, meaning you can have you can, I, listen, I've been broke many times before in my life, right? And in those broke moments, I probably, sometimes you can have pe more peace and not have a whole lot and then you do when you have more access to money. So I say that to say that your joy, the things that bring you joy, finding the joy of life needs to always be at the forefront of your mind. It needs to always be there. I think sometimes when we make it somewhere and we do things a little bit different, we have a couple of coins in our pocket. I feel like we have more incidents where we just look at all the negative. You know, you don't see life for what it, what it needs to be seen. Now granted, life is hard. Bills come, stress is there. 
kids get sick parents get sick all things happen around you and in your life but you have got to find some joy inside of your world and if it's not there i want you to create it i want you to learn to start creating and putting some pockets of joy into your soul because joy is so super essential and it's important i feel like sometimes we just we, we go away from that where we just forget that we need to establish joy back into our lives what is going on in your world that you can't create joy? Listen, I've had hard times. Listen, I've had times when I've had the cable shut off. When I was single, I had all kinds of stuff happening. Bills was getting overwhelming. You know, it was like living on my own, um, not for the first time, but just living on my own since college. And, and you're dealing with a whole lot of magnitude of different things. And it was like, you know, I had to go back to what brought me joy and go do those things, you know, go into the bookstore, you know, going to have like my favorite coffee or something to that point, like creating these pockets of joy. One thing I do like about how social media is moving, people say that people are romanticizing their lives, but I like the fact to think that they're creating the joy in their life with just the things that they have around them, right? You know, creating things you can, if you love art, going to get some art supplies and just going back to creating again. Those are things that bring you joy and fill your cup. Whatever's going to fill your cup up to be positive, I want you to do that. Sometimes it's just for me, like having an alone day. And I can't always get a full day because, you know, mom and wife. But I, I take a couple hours to myself to just simply exist. You know, enjoying going out to maybe a store that I like to go to. And I don't even have to buy anything. Just window shopping. You know, buying limited stuff. Like I remember a couple weeks ago, I went to the bookstore, had a gift card, bought a book, Bought a few books in a new book cart, bookmark. Went and had some coffee. A couple hours, right? Enjoyed the drive of listening to music without any censors in it, right? Or listening to a podcast that talked about something that I couldn't listen to in front of my kids. Pure joy. By the time I got back to my kids, I was smiling. I was happy. I was content. It's about creating pockets of joy. We all need them. I need you to find ways to create them. I'm, I'm telling you, joy is one of those things that just will make you feel good when life is just serving all the wrong things. And that's why I want us to get back to that because sometimes we just forget. We forget that we are people who need to be replenished. We need to be replenished. We need to have those cups absolutely as full as possible. So I'm, I'm encouraging you to do so. But on today's podcast, we also have a guest. Yes, we have a guest. His name is Josh, and he is an award-winning teaching artist, arts administrator, and a creative who has worked for arts and arts education organizations in New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. Over the course of his career, he has worked with various populations, including students in grades K-12, through English language learners, and the creative aging community in a variety of settings, including libraries, shelters, virtual rooms, and juvenile justice facilities. Now, as a facilitator, he has developed workshops focusing on the intersection of creativity, leadership, equity, vulnerability, and black art making traditions. As an artist, he works in the Korapim tradition, blending spoken word, movement, multimedia, and musicality of the late 90s create spaces that reimagine the possibilities of freedom and liberation. Currently, he is a member of the Juska Playworks, a Philadelphia playwriting collective focused on amplified stories of the African-American diaspora. A Baltimore native, he is a graduate of the University of the Arts and Baltimore School for the Arts, where he studied classical music and the tuba. 
Now, Josh is here because we are going to be talking about World Cafe Live, which is a nonprofit independent venue dedicated to the live music, education, and community, and the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts, which will be used as PATHA several times in the podcast, which is the first art school and museum in the United States. And they're announcing there is a new multi-sensory event series that celebrates women artists, LGBTQIA plus artists, and the artists of color. It's called Multitudes will feature world premiere works from some of the Philadelphia's top performers commissioned by World Cafe Live, all inspired by PAFA's current ex- ex- um, exhibition called Making American Artists. The performances will take place through four curated evenings that take place at World Cafe Live and PAFA on February the 4th through March the 18th. So Josh is here to talk about what is World Cafe bringing together? What is this new sensory uh artist exhibition exhibition that we're going to be uh, taking place here in Philadelphia. So if you're here in Philadelphia, starting tomorrow, which is uh, February 4th, all the way through March 18th, you have the elite opportunity to see different performances. So we talked to Josh about those performances, what to expect, um, why now, what is, what is the reason for this exhibition and how we can be a part of that. Thank you, Josh, for being a part of this Conversations with Toy episode. Hello, Conversations with Toy Family. What an amazing day to have an amazing day. Well, you know what? I've been keeping my word. We've been just smashing it, killing it in this podcast world by having amazing guests. And today is no different. You know, I love to find the best of the best. And especially when they're local or anything that's happening in the city, if you don't know, we are in the city of Philadelphia and we have so much going on. People don't understand how much city the city of Philadelphia is a foodie city and it's an amazing theater. This theater scene is amazing here, but before I get too caught up, we have a guest today and his name is Josh. Josh Campbell is the Artistic Director of Education and Engagement of World Cafe Live. There is something that's brewing and we want you to know all about it. Josh, welcome to Conversations with Toy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. So what can we, what's going on with World Cafe? Because you know, you've guys been known to put on some pretty amazing shows and events. So what's happening? What's happening is that um, we're right now in the middle of a major, um, not even a rebrand or soft launch, but an amazing transition period where we are now a nonprofit. Um, And so we're really promoting our um, community engagement work and education programming. And that extends a little to this upcoming project we have, which is going to be a joint joint um, presentation between ourselves and the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts called Multitudes, which is an evening of music and poetry. I've asked eight amazing artists, so that's five musicians and three poets, who are reflective of Black, Brown, Indigenous, AAPI, um, global majority um, populations, as well as predominantly women um, and some LGBTQIA identifying um, bodies to come together, look at an exhibition um, that's currently on display um, through the end of March, and then create an evening of performance um, with us. And so every night is completely different. There are four nights. Okay. Every night is completely different um, in terms of the bill and in terms of what you may hear from the poets. And it's just a really feel-good time. Um, World Cafe Live, um, when we think about our work in the community, is really rooted in four key pillars. One, a storytelling first approach where we prioritize stories first. 
Second, we believe that everyone has the ability to expand their creative capacity. And that includes being an audience member and seeing some know-before-seen work and engaging in conversation around that work. The third is that we really prioritize, we really, really prioritize creating a space of joy and healing, um, especially when we know um when you see yourself represented, you see a story of someone that looks like you, we understand the importance of what that can do for us. Um, if we're having a bad day, we sometimes get that restoration that we needed. And then lastly, when we think about the work of identity and belonging, work Life prioritizes really promoting identity, truthful representation, um, and really just honoring the spirit that we all have and what makes Philadelphia its own unique melting pot of a community. So I'm really excited about this project and this work, which feels so in line with the work that's happening at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts. And I was just looking at a lot of the performances. It's a mix. It's a, I'm, I'm looking at some of the artist profiles and it's, it literally is a beautiful mix. What, how did you come up with who's going to participate? Like, how did that process happen for you? You know, that is a very good question. So I did a lot of research. Um, so I met with uh, Lori Wilsuchuk, who is, um, I believe, the assistant director of public programs at uh, PAFA. And Lori gave me a prompt, which was, I don't want to see any classical music. I don't want to hear any jazz. I want um, artists who are going to, A, have some type of background in looking at exhibitions and creating work be who we get diversity of genre and sound. The only requirements were they had to be American born and they had to be Philadelphian, um, have some roots to Philadelphia because that is PAPA's history itself. It's one of the first um, institutions, art institutions in America to really provide a space artistically for women and um, bodies reflective of the global majority and identities. So really honoring that spirit. Um, and Lori told me uh, she wanted artists that reflected the exhibition and what was missing. Um, and so that's the, that was the first level of that. Um, the second was I did some research. Um, a few of the artists I've actually worked with. So Jaylene, poet Jalen Clark Owens and I, we have um, history work together in theater. I went to um, UArts. An undergrad with um, the band Ill Dudes. Um, Kingsley Ibaniche, we both went to um, UArts and I've watched Kingsley's work just skyrocket in the last few years. And then there were other folks who um, I got recommendations. Uh, Kendra Butler Waters, um, an amazing, amazing, just human talent thinker. Um, I met her uh, through a friend and then I did some research on who were poet laureates in Philadelphia and what poets have gotten recognition. So that's how I found Raina Leon and Carolyn was a recommendation from Lori. Um, and then lastly, we have uh, Selena Koo and uh, Davey Majeski. And I found them through another project that was with the Pew, um, the, the public orchestra where they invited any and everyone with an instrument really in Philadelphia, no matter if you play traditional classical music or you didn't, to come together and just perform work. So I found those um, two uh, special artists through that. So really curated, um, a lot of conversation and really thinking about what sound did I want to hear? What sounds were interesting? Who 
I felt um, really could be unapologetic in their thinking and in their performance. And then I have a church background. So whatever the, the Lord and the spirit blesses me with. Listen, any given I knew day, I heard it. I knew I, I heard listen. it. I knew I heard it. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. My grandmother was a pastor. So a lot of that. <laughs> my parents were pastors. I'm a PK to the heart okay. of me. You're never going to go away. It don't matter what you're doing, what you, where, what your stage in life is. It's, it's going to remain. It's gonna remain embedded and ingrained. <laughs> and my mom was a choir director, so I don't I don't get to play. We don't play with with music and sound. We 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 want to hear what we want to hear. Yeah, I don't have that bravery. I still can't sing, but that's okay. <laughs> well, that's you know, you got the, the director. You listen. You're doing your part. You you you're doing the artists and <laughs> bringing all the artists together, and that the Lord gonna bless it. That's what's gonna happen. Right. <laughs> that's all that we need right there so you you brought all these beautiful people and this beautiful sound together to create different performances basically and like you said from what i'm reading and you know just looking at the performances that are coming again every performance is going to be completely different yeah i love that because you know you don't want to go and say okay if i seen it on the fourth and then i want to go switch over to the 16th i, I don't want to go and see the same thing but it's going to be completely different artists so what is the takeaway that you want from this? You know, you're bringing all these beautiful people together. You're having these different sounds. You're making sure that the representation is there. What if someone, you know, again, everybody's going to have their own interpretation because that's just how we are, human nature. But if there was one standstill takeaway that you wanted from this production, what would you want it to be? Yeah, I would definitely say... Um... That's a very good question. I've been, I just sat through most of the, I sat through all of the performances. Um, and what I will say is the takeaway I want everyone to leave with is, is how we remember and archive our personal experiences and how do we leave room and space um, for us to show up authentically. Um, um, I've been struck by the different shades of conversation, of how melancholy transforms and transitions different cultural experiences. I've been sitting with how we remember our bodies, right? And and the prices that, you know, it's very, I'll say it's very political. I mean, art is political. Um, and for us to not think it is, is doing it a disservice. Even an act of silence is political. Right. Um, and I think with this work and what the artists are asking us to in a very interesting way, right, is that we all have these different parts of our existence and experience that are unique to us. But there's also a journey through light. I think that's the other point and takeaway that there's a light um, that emerges and shines when we step into the bravery of being our most authentic selves. And I think about the work of Dr. Brene Brown and Tarana Burke. Um, and I was reading a lot of their book together, You Are Your Best Thing. Um, and that book in and of itself focused on the ways in which as a Black body and as a queer body or a trans body, we can show up authentically and have a very human and universal experience. And I think that's what Multitudes is really getting at, is the, the universal experience and remembering the light. Whatever that light is for you, whoever is 
reminds you to keep going. That's what this show is about for me. I love the, the fact that you talk about joy because, you know, just with the things that we've ex- experienced. Yeah. <laughs> just just recently. With, recently, you know, we've had just the the outpouring of, I would say, pain and hurt. And these wounds, again, keeps getting torn open every single time we go through this experience. And if you don't, for those who are listening who don't understand what we're talking about, we're talking about Tyree Nichols, who yeah. unfortunately lost his life for no apparent reason. And and even on top of that, to see that these particular police officers were one of us. You know, yeah. I have never seen anything like this. I've seen where we've had some of us be in the mix of our counterparts, but never a full-fledged, just all of us, you know, brutally beating another one of us like that. And I feel like we need some joy. We need to be reminded of that joy because every time these situations happen, we go through some type of a mental anguish because we understand whether we've been through it ourselves or not, we understand the trauma that continues to pour out. So I love when I see beautiful beautiful expressions of joy in every form come forth. Yeah. And it's the vulnerability too, right? Like when I think about the work of... um creating a performance. I always tell everyone, we need a moment or a pocket of joy somewhere. And when we think about vulnerability and we think about how it's a spectrum, joy is the one emotion that we're always almost scared to feel and and sit in. You know, we, we, we love shame. We love fear. That's our right. conditioning. But the other side of that vulnerability is really centered on joy um, and contentment. And I think um, especially with how the February 4th performance is going to end. Um, you're going to get that. Um, I'm not going to give too much away about Kendra's work, but it's really centered on um, Sunday and mm-hmm. what happens before we go to church and what happens when we, after we come to church, right? And the infusion of culture and rest. Right. Um. And I think that's the most important um, thing, um, especially in my life. And and as an artist, and that's one of the things that this show is asking. We ask those artists, what does it mean to be an American artist? Mm. You know, and the answers were shocking um, to a certain extent, not surprising um, and hard to capture. So I'm glad that with this performance and these performances, we really have a unique opportunity to just together as a community find a bit of relief. Even though we're going to be in our emotions because it's work right. about identity, the end, at the end of it, at the end of it, we're going to breathe together and we are all going to have a universal experience because these are world premiere performances and work that we've never heard or seen. And that in and of itself is something to celebrate. I love that. Celebration of uniqueness, storytelling. um, Storytelling is like one of my best things. It's like the first thing that I feel like I always gravitate towards. So when people are telling their stories in in different ways, whether it's spoken word, whether it's in music, whether it's through theater, whatever it may be, and however that may look and however that unfolds, storytelling is always going to be my first love, always. Heard. 
I think I've always in my career I've always straddled between music and theater, and then I added poetry to the top of it. And I was like, oh boy, how do I then incorporate that? So I get it, and I just love with my family just sitting around. <laughs> On a, and I'm from Baltimore, if y'all couldn't tell y'all. Um, <laughs> sitting around eating crabs right. all day and talking mad junk to each other um, and just laughing and hearing the stories passed down, the word passed down. I think for me, that is where I get right. it. Even if it's the same story 10 times, it still sounds completely different every time you hear it. Completely different because somebody either had a little too much or too little, or somebody is in their happy place. <laughs> that part. That part. Well, and now I just want to ask, how do you, you know, you're doing all of this, putting this together? You know, I always ask every guest because I'm a big, uh, huge component of mental wellness and self-care. It's huge. It's been the 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 main staple of my platforms. And I want to know, what do you personally do for your own personal self-care? Like, how do you take care of yourself? How do you show up for yourself? You know, that is a very good question. Um, I have a therapist. Uh, look, I, my, I have one today. Tuesdays is my day. Do not disturb me after six o'clock because you will not get an answer. Um, so I, I do um, see a therapist regularly and we are always doing the work of unpacking and contextualizing and reimagining. Um, this year, I really I started reading Adrian Mari Brown's Pleasure Activism. So I'm on a pleasure journey where I am really trying to devote as much time to care as possible. So um, I love going to the movies by myself with no, like, with no one in the theater. I'll just mm -hmm. go my popcorn and laugh out loud boldly and don't care who's listening um i really have been enjoying um i'm a writer so really trying to practice and prioritize um at least five hours a week it's doing something creative writing wise um i think for me i also have been learning to enjoy like going out to different restaurants and people watching and making up stuff <laughs> about somebody that you see at a table or like putting a whole story i'd be done put them a whole story together whole okay. line. begin the middle and end and i'll tell you what season we're on right. um, and then lastly i think for me um because i do uh have autoimmune disease taking a bath is this something spiritual and ritualistic and rejuvenating about taking a bath um, and so that's, that's how I practice self-care. <laughs> Listen, and they all sound amazing. And I'm glad that you said therapy because I am a big, again, I know that therapy is one piece of tool. There's a thousand tools that you can use for whatever your mental wellness is. There's no one tool fits all, but I am so grateful to hear you say therapy. I am a big component of going to therapy myself. My entire family is, you know, we just make sure that our kids are covered or my husband, he's covered. We just want to make sure everybody is taken care of because, you know, Back in the day, back in the way, we were always taught that we don't bring people into our situations. We don't let people in our business. Yeah, You know, we pray about it. We move on. Um, I still believe in prayer, but you got to be able to pray and do some work. And um, you can't do one without the other. And so I'm, I'm really, I love when I hear people say that because we need to hear more people speaking boldly and out loud about using whatever tool. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be therapy. It could be whatever it is that you need, but whatever that is, get a hold to it because you know you got people who are struggling 
in major ways and don't feel like they're capable of just going to get the care that they need. And I'll say too, like, that was one of the most interesting parts about my, my therapy journey, which was, I had the best advice, which was, you got to figure out what type of space you're in. Are you in a space with a therapist where you're looking for strategies to deal with everyday life? Or are you in a space where you are wanting to heal? Right. And knowing the difference, and most people don't know that those are two very different um, practices and how you encounter therapy. Um, like, yeah, pick which one and then understand that your therapist is really there and you guide, like you guide with your therapist mm-hmm. where you want to go, what you want to work on and how you feel. And if you want your therapist to sit there and be quiet for 30 minutes and let you scream it out, then do some it. therapists are good for that. And they'll, right. they'll let you do that and won't offer comment. <laughs> my therapist will sit there my, I'm lucky my therapist I love her so much she comes to all of my performances <laughs> all of my panels and talks she reads the plays to be like let's talk about how and why you wrote this um, and so your therapist is really there for you to be a sounding board of accountability my job I'll say this can be very stressful and my therapist will be like, did you practice your self-care this week? What are your yeah. boundaries? I need you to report back on all of that stuff. And I have no choice but to um, <laughs> to lean in and do it um, and do the, do the work. So, yeah, just if people out there listening, if you're thinking about therapy, understand that you have to pick which, which therapy you want and understand that your therapist is ultimately there to work for you. And if you don't like your therapist, change and get another one. <laughs> do not like waste dating. weeks months talking about i can't stand my therapist you have the you're an adult now you have the power of saying no the power. and that is a that is a word right then and there just <laughs> right at that like you literally control and set the tempo of, of everything right nothing happens without you being an active participant so if you don't like your therapist please change i had to change minds a couple times it happens you know you know hard feelings and they understand it too they understand this is a this has got to be a workable relationship yep that's all i got on that and find your voice <laughs> we'll help you find your voice <laughs> all right well the first show is coming tomorrow which is saturday february the 4th um it's going to be at patho uh, at 118 and 128 North Broad Street. Make sure that you attend. There are three other performances, one on the 16th, one on March 8th, and one on March 18th. So wherever you can fit in, get in the building, support, buy your yes. tickets, support. If they collected some extra money there, bring you some choice, some money and, and put it in there. Like support artistry. Like that is the main thing I always love to say, support the artists so they can continue doing the things that they love. It's one thing to find what you love is that you need something, some coins behind it so that you can, you know, thrive in this world. So let's go ahead and support with our, with our dollars. Let's get tickets. Let's get, let's get bodies in the seats and let's make sure that we support these amazing artists. Yes, indeed. I can say that enough. And what I'll say about the February 4th, um, performance is that you have an opportunity to see the exhibition before the performance, before and after the performance. Um, and for PAPA, this is the first time in history that they've ever done music performances, let alone at this scale. Hmm. And you'll be the historic Rodin Auditorium um, that has sculptures by 
uh, the premier famous black um, sculptor, I believe his name is James Roden. Um, and I just want to uplift him and his family and his work. Um, so you'll feel, I'll say as a, a black body going to this space, I felt the energy of his legacy's impact and the spirit that lives in those statues that they have. Um, at World Cafe Live, come early. You can eat and drink um, during the performance um, because yeah. we have a kitchen. Shout out to um, our executive chef, Rob Cotman, for every day with all the shows we have going on, bringing out amazing food. We have vegan options. So don't think that you just can't enjoy we don't you can't just you can eat more than french fries we have a no meat meatloaf. vegans love to yes. hear <laughs> <laughs> we have a no meat meatloaf that i tried it was to die for and that's right. the 16th and march 8th at world cafe live and on the 18th at pathfade is our closing um performance um i believe the gallery may or may not be open definitely check the website um, yeah, we just want any and everyone to attend. It really and truly is a multi-generational experience. Um, so yeah, definitely feel free. I really am excited to share this work that really is reflective of Philadelphia and the stories that we're all grappling with currently. I love that. Josh, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation and just being on the podcast. I mean, we love to hear other stories. And now we get to also be a participant by making sure we are in the building for one of the four or come to all four. I'm not, don't go to just one, come to all of them. Again, they're going to be completely different. So come on out. Um, I'm not going to be able to make it to the fourth, but I will be there for the, I believe the next one after that, which is the 18th. So yeah, I look forward to seeing hopefully meeting you in person and then also I will be at all of them. So you will okay. get to talk to me about all the things you now know a little bit about me. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I'm going to be coming at you because I'm, I'm, I already know, I already know where I see where we see each other. Okay. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. I hope that you have the most amazing weekend and uh, let's rock it out. So what did you think? Josh is absolutely amazing and I love his energy. I love what he's doing in the community. Make sure that you get out to one of four of, of the uh, shows, one starting tomorrow, February the 4th, the others happening all the way through March 18th. I'd like to thank World Live Cafe for having Josh with us and as well as Brian Butler for allowing to arrange this episode. Um, I'm so grateful for the times that we can be with each other. And again, I want you to support, support, support. If you cannot be there, you know, go onto their website, make sure I have it in the link of bio, you know how we do, and make sure that you support financially. Maybe you're able to give a donation to help out in their, their, their mission. Make sure that you do so. I look forward to making sure that I'm at one of the shows. I cannot be at the show tomorrow, which is the opening, which is super exciting because I wanted to attend that one, but I will be attending another one. So I look forward to that. It is my husband's birthday weekend this weekend. So that is what we shall be doing, celebrating this amazing man. He does all the things for this family. You know, when you talk about family, man, um, my husband is there to make sure that there is no lack. Whatever we need, he's right over my shoulder. He is making sure we got it. Um, and so I'm going to try to do my best to just celebrate him and all the things that he does. Um, our kids are excited. We love celebrating birthdays in our house. Our household is always about team birthdays. So when it comes to making sure that, you know, people feel the love on their days, we try to do the best that we can. And that's what we're going to do. 
With that being said, I do want you to find at least one activity that will bring you joy. We talked about a little bit about joy on this episode because it's super important for us to find those moments of joy. We have so many things that we deal with that does not bring us joy, but we need to find those moments that do. I hope that you have a great weekend. I have guests for every day of this month. I don't know how we did it, but we got guests every Friday for this month, but we will be taking a break. The first Friday in March will be a no podcast that Friday, just to give my voice some little bit of time and break. I'm super grateful because I've been recording these podcasts a little early, which has been great. I'm super happy about that. So we will be taking a break on March the 4th. That means that this particular season, season seven, I believe has, I think like 20 or 21, I think 21 or so episodes, maybe like 23, but that is what we're going to end season seven. We were back um, for season eight, the second week in March, which I believe is like March 10th. So we will be back, but we are going to take at least one week break where I don't have to worry about recording, editing, all the things. I'm going to enjoy that break. The drink of the day, since we are in Black History Month, So the drink of the day is called the Busy Izzy Highball and it's, it's by, it's, it's honor of Tyne Bullock who was born in Louisville on October 18th, 1872, less than a decade after the civil war. His father also named Thomas Bullock was a former slave who fought for the union army and worked as a furniture mover after the war. So this drink is in honor of him and I will have the recipe in the show notes. I want you to try to make it. Um, Black History Month is a rich time for us to celebrate the the contributions that Black Americans have given and have done all around the world, to be honest with you. And so find a way to do so to celebrate the things that Black people have done. Um, They are, we are amazing people. We have so much culture. You know, people are going to steal it. We might as well celebrate it. Um, Yeah, so have a good weekend. I look forward to talking with you next week. But again, we are taking a break March the 4th. And we shall be back, I believe, March the 10th. So have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in with Conversations with Toy. Share this episode with someone that needs to hear it or just share it in general. I will talk with you next week. Have the most amazing weekend. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.